Hello, this is Vlad, and you are listening to the fourth episode of season three of the Bitcoin Takeover podcast. My guest today is Carlos Roldan. I hope that I pronounced that correctly. And he is the lead developer of Satoshi's Games, which is a games platform where you pay with Lightning to get membership. And then you can play a few games like a clone of Super Mario Brothers and Agario, where you can actually earn Satoshi. And for the past month or so, I have been playing pretty much every day, earning about 1,000 sats on his website. And I think it's really cool and you should totally take a look at it. But also, if you're listening to this, let's just get a few insights from the mastermind before the stacking sats machine, which is Satoshi's games. So hello, Carlos. Hello. I'm very happy to be here. Well, I'm happy to get to interview you too, because I wanted to get some more insights about what you wanted to accomplish with Satoshi's games. Yeah, yeah, that's great, of course. So initially, the first goal I had in mind when creating Satoshi's games was a was business model, was a, an application as well that let you earn Bitcoin by playing games. And that was the end goal. Sounds really good, but how is that sustainable? If you actually make it in a, in a model where you have two options, the first, the first option is like you have a freemium environment where you can pay to customize your gaming experience, not in a sense of a pay to win, but just in a pay to improve your chances to win. And then the other option is like you move it away from a, from a probably fair game and you actually uh, make it a skill-based game. So it doesn't rely on probability, it relies on skills, but at the same time, if you don't have enough skills, you can not win and then you cannot actually stack Satoshi's. Um, that's uh, the actual recipe to do so. Right. So as far as I know, you pay about 1,000 Satoshis for membership. Yeah, but well, that's not an actual membership, I call it. That's, um, that's how you create a user, but you have and many other options to create users. Let's say that this is a barrier or a quality filter to check that you have a minimum knowledge about Lightning. And, and you show it in the sense of paying 1,000 Satoshis, or you can actually, if you have a node and you have Lightning Joel running in your web browser, you can just sign a message and then we do a digital signature verification in, in the platform and then we grant you access. That's the, the actual um, membership or 10,000, oh, sorry, on 1,000 Satoshis or, or logging with, with Lightning is that you can always play for free to the free games. And those games have also a relation to Bitcoin and in the sense of Easter eggs or cosmetics, but with the other games where you can stack Satoshi's and withdraw Satoshi's, you can actually do it in the sense of having some Lightning previous knowledge that you prove to the platform, so it actually makes sense to play using Lightning to earn Satoshi's or to spend Satoshi's, and we check and we prove that when you initially pay that invoice of 1,000 Satoshi's or you 
just logging with your node, which implies that you have previously, you know, set up and you're running a, a lightning node. Yeah, but after you pay this fee of 1,000 Satoshis, you can basically play all the lightning games. And let's say that in Super Bros, which is the clone of Super Mario Brothers, you can actually make much more than 1,000 Satoshis and then withdraw to your wallet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what I just told is that to avoid the case where a user register with their sensitive data, let's call email and password, and then they play and they stack Satoshis in their account, and it may be the very specific case where they don't know what's Lightning because they actually didn't use Lightning to register. And then they know how to withdraw, and then they are confused, and then they need to have a proper a proper induction into Lightning or Bitcoin to know how it works, to know that they what's a, line, a payment request, so that they have to request it from their wallet to withdraw. So, so we decided, and not only for this, eh, it has other security, what we call cybersecurity, uh, use cases the fact to register with Lightning in, in this case. But yeah, it was to avoid the confusion of, of initial uh, users. Uh, but then we, we came across to establish this, this limit of restriction to users to play Lightning, uh, not only by only paying with Lightning, but also to register with Blockstack. Because uh, we saw that, that it, it may be the case where users that they have a Blockstack authentication, they may be able to actually, to actually know how to use Lightning. So, so yeah. Mm, but of course, answering to the question, yes, uh, the cost of, of registering may be zero if you are um, if you are registering with uh, with your node or maybe 1,000 satoshis. But then with a game like Super Bro, you can actually cash out way more than than 1,000 satoshis. Yeah, that's the impressive part, which sometimes makes me think that the business might not last too long if too many players get in and start stacking satoshis. But then again. I guess not everybody can finish a game and get to the last level and save Satoshi. Yeah, there are, that's true. In terms of business model, there are, not everybody can allow themselves to have the time to get good skills at the game. So they just want to play and they maybe just want to play the, the first 10 minutes and they want to actually play uh, without the actual restarting every time you die. So they buy a few lives in advance. Or if they are too greedy, they may think it's, more, it's going to be more convenient for them to buy the multiplier. So they buy the multiplier and those are actual freemium in game purchases that we are, that we are making. And yeah, we also have a marketplace, which is good in the sense that you can customize your avatar, you can buy additional packs, and then you can actually support the project by, by sponsoring, which means paying a golden ticket that costs, a uh, sponsor pack costs like half a million satoshis. And I mean, it doesn't have an actual big value within the, within the, within the project itself, that, that product, that, because it's a sponsor pack. So basically it gives you everything that we can provide, but it's only a sponsoring pack. It's basically to help us to support and help us continue. But yeah, um, that's right. Uh, the business model is more based on, on freemium in-app purchases and, and some content and digital, digital content that they buy in the, in the shop, the marketplace. 
I just wanted to let you know that Super Mario Maker 2 has come out on Nintendo Switch and I wanted to get it, but then I realized that I can play Super Bros instead and actually make some Satoshis as opposed to spending money. <laughs> that, that, that had to be convenient for the time, eh? Oh yeah. And maybe that some, someday I will stack so many Satoshis that I will be able to buy Super Mario Maker 2 without actually having to spend some of my pocket money. Yeah, that could be a good, a good economical move. Yeah, and I get good at the game, right? Yeah, yeah, I saw you. I saw you that you also even wanted to do some streaming and donate those, those rewards to incentivize lightning adoption in the sense of the development. Oh, yeah. Sometime I want to do that, but I haven't had much time because uh, right now I have about two jobs. And this podcast is just a hobby project. But anyway, how many developers are working on Satoshi's games right now? On Satoshi's games specifically, only me. Uh, we've been having other collaborators, such as, uh, such as Dan and Ludovic from France. And... Um, I think, and Killian from France too. So those are good mentions in this podcast to them. But being here full time since the start, committing every day and providing features, fixing bugs, and doing the development of specifically only Satoshi's of games. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been mainly me. Um, but then we are not only working on Satoshi games. So we are developing two other services, different products aside of Satoshi's games, but they are in the same industry. I mean, they are using Lightning and they are all targets for games. And, and yeah, that's, that's it. I guess the gaming industry can have a lot of benefits by implementing Lightning Network. As I guess there's a trend of using microtransactions in video games. And most of the times, they're not very convenient if you have credit card fees. With Lightning, it's instant. It, it confirms instantly, and you have a fee of one or two Satoshis. That's right. The only problem right now is like it's too complicated to actually make it to a, to a game, to, to the gaming industry. Not because you are not having payment processors. I mean, you have payment processors. Is that you don't have gaming plugins, actual gaming wrappers is the case. Um, because if you actually think about the use cases, the use cases are, are, are brutal, are, are amazing. I mean, it, it has so many good features that we could discuss for the next 15 minutes. But the access is quite complicated. So there is no, or there are just a few, or there are not a, a standard of, of, of access uh, for a, I don't know, a Unity plugin or, or an SDK for the Godot engine or Unreal engine. So, so it's good, it's very good for the actual gaming development industry, but the access is quite reduced. And especially if you actually think about the, you know, the friction that may bring as well to the game developers, 
which they don't have actual knowledge about the Lightning Network works in terms of network topology. You may encounter that there are some issues that affect the friction of the, of the game itself if they also have to do some Lightning Network um, node management. So if, they are, if, if this opposes another point of another point of, of, of slowness or another, another point of, 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 ease of friction in the, in, the, in the game development itself because they know they only don't want, we don't have to do the proper game development, worry about having their, their good game experience and, and everything that is in the game development uh, status is that they also will have to do some well node management in the sense that they will have to open channels, close channels, they will have to worry about that node to be online, to be wealthy, to be well connected. So, so yeah, it brings, it brings frictions as well because I don't expect it to be the game, the average game developer, I don't expect him to be trained uh, on Lightning, even though that I would want it, but I don't expect it because I see that it's, it's, like, it's not the actual scenario likely to happen nowadays. But yeah, that's, for example, one of the things that we're also working on. So we want to bring not only Lightning to our games and prove that we have a game platform in Satoshi's games that is likely to be used, people like it and they use it, and, and it's hard to find the business model, it's, you know, giving the option to a user to stack so many sats. Is that we also want to bring the same technology to provide a, the payment infrastructure in the sense of microtransactions to any other gaming development platform or framework, such as Godot, Unreal Engine, Unity, and making it in a sense that is viable uh, for, for game developers to do that in a custodial way, without having to worry about node management, and also in the same way as a non-custodial way, where they only can connect their node and use it in the same, in the same way. So you're telling me that Satoshi's Games serves as a proof of concept that you present to other video game companies when you're presenting other Lightning services that you can implement? Mm, well, I mean, that's, for example, a 75% right of what I wanted to communicate. But the other 25% is related to that. Uh, it's not an actual uh, so product showcase that I send to other game developers to say, hey, this works. It's, 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 it's just a, I mean, I don't actually show it. I mean, I, I, it's there, they can watch it. It's just, I only have to show them the, the possible advantages that Lightning may bring, or not Lightning, and microtransactions can bring to their, uh, to their games and how to interact. I mean, if, if they already have a user base on Twitch where they, they can donate to the streamer because of the merely mention of the game, imagine if they could play with the, with the streamer by doing symbolic payments, not actually economic payments. I'm talking about very low, low, low micropayments that they can do through Lightning in a symbolic way that they have an impact in the game itself. So these advantages are good and they're well to tell them, okay, so this is how Lightning works. This is what you can benefit of. And now it's time to you to consume it, but but then what what do they have there in the market to use it? I mean, there's barely anything. I mean, they can they can build their own infrastructure because no one has done it before. I mean, and maybe they are using Unreal Engine like Fortnite does, or they are using Unity 
and they and they have plugins there. I think Unity did something like that. I don't know how. I haven't seen the code. I haven't checked it out. I don't know if, it, if it's even open source or it's closed source. But um, yeah. So what I mean is, Satoshi's Games is there. It's good. It's a, it's a game platform built on the web. And now we are focusing on other stuff, but we are also maintaining Satoshi's Games. And we're building now a payment processor uh, for everything that also brings non-custodial features and brings Bitcoin authentication. So we're designing a, an authentication system based on Bitcoin using digital signatures, which is the same way that you log in in Satoshi's Games. So anybody can use it as an API basics. And we are as well wrapping up this API so gaming developers can use it for, for the games. Any, 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 any game development framework can be implemented. So Godot, Unreal Engine, and Unity. So did you get any major offers so far? Because it sounds like you're working on something new. And I'm thinking that it shouldn't be hard for you to find funding for the project. We, we are currently fundraising. Um, but the funding in our case, it isn't uh, a must. I mean, we're, we are, we are going to make it to deliver those, those products. The funding in this case for this is to, to speed up the development process, but, we, but, but not an actual condition to, to, to meet the deliveries for these projects, for these products. So, so yeah, but, but at the same time we are fundraising, we are uh, hopefully closing this first round of investment uh, in the next two weeks, three weeks, but you know how this goes. It, you, you always, when, when, when you're fundraising, you're saying probably in a month is done, but then you are in the second month and you're still saying that probably in, a, in that month is done and probably you will have to wait another two months. So, so yeah, it's getting slow because we, I, I was actually expecting to move things faster and, and sooner, but, but yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, let's see if, if everything goes well, if, and we are making time. And yeah, because our deadline to present this payment processor and a different product uh, and a different release of Satoshi's games, which is going to be three releases, uh, one release of, a, of, of Satoshi's games, a new one completely different, and then two different releases of, of two products that we will announce by the landing conference. Let's see if, if, if you know, finger crossed and everything goes well and we can actually make it to that deadline. So you're, you're speaking of the Lightning Conference in Berlin, which takes place in October? Yeah, that's right. That's our target in terms of deadline to release the three releases we're about to do. Sounds interesting. And I, I hope I make it to Berlin. I have spoken to Elizabeth Stark, and she told me, oh, you should come there because there's so much going on. But I'm trying to find an alibi to be there, like to report for either Bitcoin magazine or some other news outlet. As I, I guess Berlin is kind of expensive and out of my reach right now in terms of how much I get paid. So I, I hope they can at least help me get a ticket or help me with the plane ticket or something. And in exchange, I'll be reporting for them. But huh? I would love to meet you there. Yeah, that could be very great. That could be very great, actually. I, I like that too. Be because where are you based? Are you in the States currently? No. Do I sound American? 
Ah, no, 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 no. It's just because I, I don't know. I mean, it was, a, I guess. <laughs> no, uh, I'm in Romania. That's why our time zones match. And I'm just ah. ahead of you. All right. That, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. So tell me more about yourself. As we have spoken about your work, you're probably the person behind all the games that I see on Satoshi's games right now, right? You have developed all of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, some of them they have been developed as well with, as I say, collab collab other collaborators or other members of the team. But yeah, I'm in charge of actually making almost all of it working. But yeah, but only the development. There are other other essential roles in the the team, like marketing or business developers, that they are also doing a good efforts on making this successful not only development. Oh, obviously. But how did you get into Bitcoin and Lightning? Yeah, so around four years ago, I, my brother brought me into, into Bitcoin and showed me all of the potential, showed me all of the options to, to be involved. And I just fell in love in this spiral and we know what all happened after that. And then back again, my brother around one year and a half ago, he brought me to Lightning too. And he showed me what Satoshi's place was. And when I saw that, I, I connected, the, I connected the, the, the wires and I, and I found what I could bring to the Lightning Network community by creating a gaming platform that has games and has, and has so many features and allow you at the end goal uh, in the best case scenario of this working, what I was thinking by then was that letting users earn Bitcoin playing games. And that was how it started in terms of a personal statement. Uh, mostly the merits and the credits for this is what they're going to my brother because, because he brought me into, twice into Bitcoin and then into Lightning. And then my inspiration from, from that was as well uh, Lightning Koala with his amazing and super creative Lightning application, uh, which we all know, which is Satoshi's.place. Carlos? Yeah. Okay, I thought I lost you. Yeah, Lightning Koala is one of the finest developers in Lightning. Also, Rockstar developer and Lots of others. Nicolas Dorier. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's, that's right. They did really good jobs in terms of providing applications. And also, I guess we should give credit to the Blockstream people like Grubbles, who has worked a lot on the satellite implementation and even made a Twitter bot, which makes us able to see the satellite messages without setting up ham radio devices. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen it. That's totally, that's totally very, very interesting for the landing space as well for the actual technical technological space too. It's impressive, and right now we can use a satellite to communicate. Yeah, I also have done satellite things before with Blockstack. Sorry. Blockstream satellite. I always confuse both because they start with the same prefix block. So yeah, um, it's very it's very interesting. I it has an interesting use case because you can communicate 
encrypted, you can have an encrypted communication and pay through Lightning. And that may be very beneficial in some certain use cases. Right. And I can think of places around the world where you have no other means except for a satellite. Yeah, absolutely. It's because it doesn't relay on the, on the internet. So you got into Bitcoin four years ago and have you done anything in the space or was it this immersion into lightning and the discovery of Satoshi's game, Satoshi's place, which made you get interested in developing stuff? When I started into Bitcoin, I didn't have any, any development impact until I created my first application, which was a Bitcoin application or Lightning-enabled application, which was Satoshi's uh, games. And after that, I've been then going on building and building other stuff and participating to hackathons, of course, building on Bitcoin. And it was more of a development uh, role into Bitcoin, I mean, into Bitcoin applications since the last year. But not until then, not before when I started into Bitcoin. So what kind of back background do you have? Did you go to university and study computer science or did you learn coding yeah. by yourself? No, no, no. I went to the university and I did a, a degree in computer science and AI. And, and yeah, that's my professional background in the sense of, of my development experience. Do you live or come from a Spanish-speaking country? Because you, ha you have quite an accent. Yeah, 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 yeah. I live in Spain, actually. Oh, muy buen. buen. <laughs> muy, muy bien. Okay, so you're, you're Spanish? Yeah. And is there like a Bitcoin scene in Spain or do you still live there? We are making it there. We are, we are trying to make it grow. Mm, there is not much, but what it is, it is good, I think. Uh, for example, the tipping me, the tipping me is a Spanish, it's a Spanish uh, product. I didn't know that. So yeah, uh, they're actually from Spain. Um, I think there's some other things, not in the sense of landing applications, but there are things in the sense of researchers or guys that they are constantly trying to improve the, net, the network, the topology of the network. But yeah, in, that's in terms of probably more lightning, but in the sense of Bitcoin, we are making it to grow there. I mean, there's a bit of a scenario with all of this shitcoin movement and, and blockchain uh, propaganda. But we are, especially Satoshi's Games, is trying to make it to change things by having, you know, meetups, by having the option to, to teach or to educate people that they even know what Bitcoin is or, or, or blockchain is. Uh, what are the differences, what are the actual technological uh, scenario which is currently happening right now because of the Lightning Network, because of Bitcoin, because of things that we have such as satellites or 
tokenizing assets in liquid. So we're trying to help the, the Spanish community by providing the resources, meetups, and, and more. And yeah, so I like it to be better in the sense of bigger or more Bitcoin-oriented or more secure-oriented, I would call it. But, but we are making an effort to do so. So it's also good too. Sounds really good. And one of my best friends has moved to Madrid and he's also into Bitcoin. So oh, that's, that's nice. If there is a Madrid scene for Bitcoin, let me know and I'll send him a message. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually planning to do a, a, Lightning, a Lightning Network meetup and Bitcoin only by the next month there in Madrid. Right. That should be fun. Did you have any previous experiences with meetups? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been doing meetups of Lightning before in Madrid. So I'm planning to do a few meetups in Spain, uh, mostly in Madrid and Barcelona, and then in other side cities, which are also more of my convenience due to my, my, my target, such as Alicante, for example. And yeah, that's the actual... That's the actual uh, plan and experience. Yeah, I have done before uh, lightning meetups, and and it's good. It's good because when they know what lightning can suppose, when they know that microservices can be translated into micro pricing strategies by using microtransactions, then it doesn't matter if that's called lightning or not. It's not called lightning. I mean, when once they find out that they can do microtransactions, they I mean, I'm talking about the audience, the average audience. When, when what I saw, what I saw when I do these meetups, they just fall in love and they want to to study this more and to have more information. And I also created back one year ago one Telegram group for handling all of the Lightning Network interested or enthusiasts of the Spanish community. And damn, that group go well. Now we are we are having I think over. 150, I think, uh, users. They're they are asking daily questions and they are they are moving fast. So, which is unexpected growth, but interesting growth. Yeah, of course, it's exciting. I guess we are heading towards a massive bull market, and people actually want to get rich. I guess that's one of the reasons. And then, I guess, a lot of individuals bring their skill sets and their their previous experiences into Bitcoin. And that's when something special happens, when they make use of their knowledge and expertise in order to build something which we don't have within the community. And the guests to which I have spoken throughout the podcast are professionals. Like I had a guy whose name is Dan and he had previously a role in Wall Street in traditional finance. And once he discovered Bitcoin, he decided that he wants to do the exact same stuff, but with Bitcoin. And it's interesting that he somewhat succeeded and he has his own company right now, which runs funds and portfolios. And with developers, it's even more fascinating because you guys can actually build applications. You can review code for the client implementations. You can write 
interesting wallets with nice interfaces. We need you people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. The more builders and developers, the larger the larger audience and the larger involved of others is presented. So I agree. And I love to know that. How does it feel to have an application which gets praised so much? Because my first Bitcoin Magazine article was about Satoshi's games. And I also wrote an article for BitRefill, which was a top 10 best lightning applications and Satoshi's games was there. And I also know that you won some kind of award from Blockstack during a hackathon. Yeah. I mean, it feels, it feels great. Actually, I, I expected this, this organic growth because we haven't done anything on marketing. So it feels super great that this organic growth has been coming. And it's, it's delightful. I, I like it a lot the way things are moving. And my motivation and the motivation of the rest of my team is, is aligned to our targets and goals, which is perfect because we make it to, to participate in the block stack can't be able contest within the Lightning Network category, and we won the first prize. So this can boost our development uh, in a more committed and more motivated and happier uh, than ever. So, so it's perfect. I mean, I like it a lot the way it's going. I want to continue this to be enormous and, and bring the two others products that we are announcing in, in the Lightning Conference to see what, what else is about to come. Right. And also, there's a lot of exciting stuff going on with Lightning. Aside from applications, we see that Lightning Labs and Blockstream and all the other companies, the big ones involved in development, they keep on releasing proposals for problems that we might be encountering right now with Lightning because whether we like it or not, it's still very experimental and geeky and it's not very easy for the average audience to understand what's going on or even run a node. That's true. That's true. That's why educating people on this matter is important and it matters. Yeah, and that's why I guess it's vital for people to do meetups like you want to. Absolutely. Did you have any kind of bad experiences since you started Satoshi's games? Expectations, probably, but experience, bad experiences. Yeah, the only bad experience that I have is probably uh, when doing some meetups and you put all of the effort to make it well and you want to put everything perfect. And I had high expectations from the people too. That's probably the only bad experience. But it's, it's, it's very easy to solve. That doesn't happen now. When you actually do a, a quality filter of the people that comes to the field to the meetups. And in the same sense that I restrict the access in Satoshi's games with a payment in Lightning, is the same. You restrict the access, the access to a meetup to everyone uh, for doing a payment in Lightning, no matter the cost. It's a symbolic payment for a, for a, for a restriction. So they know what they are going to come for. 
or if they don't know Lightning but they are really bullish on learning about Lightning or coming to this meetup, if they send a message, they come for free without symbolic payments. But it's because they actually they didn't only click the, the, the button on Meetup to go. They actually clicked on the button to go and they asked that they really want to go. So please, uh, because then if you don't filter the access, the quality access of the audience, maybe, uh, I don't know, someone that comes because it's Lightning Network. Lightning Network is related by somehow with blockchain through the means of Bitcoin. And then they are actually promoting their shitcoin or they're coming with a different target that learning about Lightning they're yeah. coming because Lightning people is there, but, but they don't come about Lightning up, learning about Lightning. They're coming to ask you what you think about Tron. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those, those type of things. Or, or I also have the, the case where people come to these type of meetups and they, uh, they, they talk about the different... I mean, someone was even pitching his ICO. You know what I mean? I mean, so, so since then was, was a, a change and I, I decided to follow the same rules as Fulmo, providing some quality access by filtering the invitations of the meetup uh, with a lightning payment. So far, it's very encouraging to know that there weren't many assaults on Bitcoiners who are doing meetups. Because you can imagine a scenario where somebody comes in and decides to kidnap somebody or just point a gun at you and say, give me all of your Bitcoins or else I'm going to shoot you. And that's one of my concerns or people following you home to see where you live and then just mm. stuff. Probably, I mean, I have never seen that case on, I and mean, that's probably if they know there's a target. It's a famous target by that, that, that can hold or it's probably to have a, a good holding of it. Uh, yeah, I've never seen that in Spain, eh? but it may happen too. So if it's a risk, it's a risk, of course, there's always risks. But who, if you don't risk anything, you're going to not earn anything either. So I think it's a risk which I am willing to take and it's attractive to take if this risk or taking the risk, suppose, uh, pushing line adoption towards. You should check out Jameson Lopes GitHub repository. He actually has a collection of stories where Bitcoiners have been attacked or swatted or have been robbed. And at first I didn't think about this kind of stuff because, you know, I'm not a bad person. You need to have a certain type of mindset to actually feel paranoid about being attacked by somebody randomly. But when you see that this actually happens and it's not far-fetched in the United States where owning a gun is so easy, but it makes you think and it, it helps you put, put everything in a perspective. I don't even own a lot of Bitcoin and there is no reason for anyone to make me a target. I guess somebody with a fancy car would make a better target than me. But at the same time, it's so attractive. I guess, just some kind of people. Of course, of course. No, no, I totally agree the same. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a risk. I mean, if you are, uh, if you are, I mean, once you are organizing a meetup, you reveal your privacy because you are physically and publicly announcing that you'll be 
doing a Bitcoin related stuff. So there are chances based on based on, on subjective opinions to measure or to calculate if that organizer of that Bitcoin may be wealthy, may not be wealthy, and that can bring a attention of others to to have to you know to to assault him or to or to actually find a way to investigate him to follow him. But yeah, of course, it's a risk. It's a, it's a, it's a risk. It depends on how loud you are. Yeah, I guess that's why so many famous Bitcoiners on Twitter are starting to mention that they lost their private keys in voting accidents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. It, it's funny in a way. And also, I think Giacomo Zucco said that there's no shame in going to the police and reporting a theft, like saying that you had your Bitcoin stolen by hackers. Mm, by hackers? Yeah. In what sense? Uh, I'm not sure if you get it, but he's basically saying that if you coin join your Bitcoins and store them in cold storage, yeah, don't want anyone to know, you can just go to the police and say, I had my Bitcoin stolen away from me. And there's going to be a public record by the government in which you basically state that Bitcoins have been stolen from you. Maybe that there will be a basic investigation in which they will look to see what happened and if the thieves actually moved these Bitcoins. But uh, I guess he said it for tax reasons. So the government will not think that um, he owns any more Bitcoin. I see what you mean. Yeah, that's probably uh, interesting for specific use cases. The coin joins, I mean. Yeah, it, uh, there's no reason for somebody like me who owns such little amounts to do anything like this, but it's funny. It is, it is indeed. So what's next after Satoshi's games? Do you have any specific kind of application? You mentioned that you want to consult video game companies, but do you- No, not to consult, to provide, a, we're building a, a service for them. So they can use it. They, they can use the same landing infrastructure we have at Satoshi's games into any type of game. That's the product number one. And then we are building a different product, which is a version of Satoshi's games, super scalable, and in a cross-platform base that is, is probably more attractive. Yeah, sounds interesting. And I see that you also have some more upcoming games on Satoshi's games. Mm -hmm. That's right. Are there going to be any more in which you can earn Satoshi's? Yeah, the thing with that is that well, that's a priority. Yeah? It's a priority to establish games where where the stacking sets is is viable, but it requires an attention to detail for for validating a good approach where you can stack satoshis and I can still make money out of it, which is probably the harder the harder part, the hardest part of satoshis games. But yeah, that's always the, the priority. The priority is providing that games where you as a user can earn Bitcoin by playing that game. And 
there, therefore I need to, to first create the, the model on what is viable for me as well as viable for you to, to put your time, your time into this game. Right, but right now, how many users do you have on a daily basis or a monthly basis on Satoshi's games? Do you have any kind of statistics? Not in daily or monthly. We're probably in daily, yeah. In daily, I think we have over 120. Or, or I don't think it's close, but it doesn't reach 150. That's not bad for a start. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that all of them are playing more than, I don't know, five or 10 minutes. Right. I, I noticed that in Agario, for example, there aren't very many users at one time. It's hard actually to find somebody who wants to play with you because yeah. you pay a 1000 Satoshi's admission fee. And some people would rather just play the free version on another website. That's, that's right. That's, that's right. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, I, I agree. But in, in the case of Super Bros, I'm playing it right now while I'm talking to you. And to be honest, in this time in which we had this interview and conversation, I have made 2,000 Satoshis. Nice, nice, nice important to cast them out. So they just, they, you don't die in the game or by any chance do you buy an additional life in case you die? Yeah, I guess the additional life is 500 Satoshis. And how much for the multiplier star? I think it's a uh, thousand or two thousand. Okay, thousand. I think it's two thousand. Stack some more. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it makes it more attractive because you you multiply. Yeah, and multiplying is always good if we're talking about multiplying stats. But the multiplier disappears as soon as. Oh no! Sorry, sorry. It's it's cheap. Right. Pretty cheap. It's three hundred satoshis. But does it last after you die once? Yes, yeah, after you die once, that disappear. Okay. I mean, it's worth it if you combine that purchase with lives. So you make sure it doesn't disappear. Right. I think. You need to buy extra lives and also the multiplier. And that's what I make money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you, did you make any kind of profits from it? Yes, 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 we're making revenue out of it, so it's, mm, it's good, uh, but mostly from, from the physical tournaments we organize on events that we do organize, organize like esports events where people play our games in a competitive basics and then they, they win the team or the, or the actual winner wins a prize, so like a jackpot. So we make it uh, from there, we win from there, uh, revenues, and we earn it from there and we also earn it from the the shop where you can buy avatars. So then in the score, you can show off your premium avatar that you, should, you have and what you hold. I hope that after listening to this interview, more people will start stacking stats with Super Bros on Satoshi's games. And yeah. to have at least 50 more users. I'm not sure how many people will listen to this podcast or how popular you are because usually it depends on the guest yeah yeah I, I think it goes well too i'm very by october when you will be presenting your latest developments at the lightning conference 
I guess this episode of the podcast will get much more attention. Have you done any other podcasts before? Uh, I have. I have quite a few. Probably I've done over five, less than ten. Any of the big ones? Uh, oof, I don't think, I don't know how to measure it. I don't think I've done one of the big ones. Eh? Yeah, there, there are like Stephen Liviera. I, I hope I pronounced his name right. And there's also Peter McCarmack. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting, but I haven't, I haven't done, I don't think I have done into the big league yet. I mean, I'll probably be, hopefully, after the landing conference. Hopefully. I saw that video games are so popular at conferences. I saw that at Magical Crypto. Yeah. Happened back in May. They developed some kind of arcade game in which they just replaced the sprite of the original with the characters of Magical Crypto Friends. And that was a hit, and people actually paid Satoshis to play it. And it's not like Satoshis games where you pay 1,000 Satoshis and then you can play as much as you want. In that specific case, you would just have a few lives, and it was arcade style. If you lost your lives, you could either pay more to get another life and another chance, or you'd lose everything. That's, that's right, that's right. I mean... Yeah, but you can also log in without paying. You can only log in with Blockstack or you can log in with your node and you don't pay. So it's like, yeah, you can still play good things and make it. I mean, it's good, it's good. I, I like that. That was the end case scenario. So it's good, it's good and I'm happy with it. I love the interaction of people when they meet it for the first time in real, in a conference. That's, that's or in like, on our, in a lightning hack day. When that happens, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's also the moment when you realize how people approach your development. As yeah. You only see written feedback from people who decide to write to you, but when you meet them face-to-face, you see how they approach your development, how they play the game, what kind of behavior they have when they see that they are stacking Satoshis, if they decide to withdraw to their wallet or if they decide to spend it on some kind of avatar or on extra lives. Absolutely, absolutely. So do you have anything more to add about Satoshi's games or yourself as a Bitcoiner? Mm. I'm not sure if, you ha- if I have any more questions right now. I don't think so. I think I have explained it all and, and I feel very well doing so. So not much actually. Uh, I think I've covered all of the questions. Okay, I'm very happy that we got to do this. If you haven't, you should check out the Bitcoin Magazine article, which I wrote. And it describes most, if not almost all of the games that you find on Satoshi's games and how they are approached and what their purpose is. And even though only a couple of them are the ones where you can earn Satoshi's, they are all very interesting and you even have a minecraft clone you have let me see what else is here you have something which resembles 8-bit art and yeah yeah reminds me of my days playing the nintendo (laughs) that's that's right 
Did you grow up playing the Nintendo? Yeah, I did, I did, I did. I actually did. It's, it's good. It's good because we also wanted to replicate this, this nostalgia, this nostalgic uh, sensation. I guess you have accomplished that as you have titles which remind you of something else. You have an implementation of Flappy Bird where you mm -hmm. have to avoid forks and you, you can take points by collecting bitcoins and heads of Dorian Nakamoto and other stuff, if I recall well. And you also have a very frantic game where you shoot stuff and you're supposed to finish that maze in the best time possible, as quickly as you can. I don't remember what it's called. Let me check. You mean uh, oh, the Legend of Satoshi? No, the Legend of Satoshi is something else. Isn't that you mean? the text best? Yeah, the Legend of Satoshi is the one which is like a text game. Yeah, it's a text-based adventure. Yeah. And then you have Beecraft, which is like a Minecraft in 2D. Yeah. Except that it's top down and two dimensional. Yeah. 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 Low Mem Sky, which is a space shooter, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, that's right. And the one which I said that is frantic and high paced and you shoot stuff is called Skull Dude. And you also have the lair, which is a lot like Golden Axe on Sega. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's a good approach. But in terms of lightning-specific games for which you have to pay, you have this one with the grid. I'm not sure what you call it. I can only see the logo, which is a lot like Bejeweled, where you switch different pieces to make up lines and earn points. And the story is about a Bitcoin miner who's trying to make as many points in order to survive the thieves who come up at night or something. Yeah, that's right. That's right. There are, there are some zombies and rats that want to steal your private keys and you have to defend yourself. Okay. And Flappy Crypto, which obviously is a take on Flappy Bird. Super Bro, which I have mentioned the most and is my personal favorite. It's a throwback to Super Mario Brothers. And then you have Agar, which is a lot like Agario, and you have to pay 1,000 Satoshis to get into the game. And I guess if you eat one player, one other player, you earn 750 Satoshis. That's right. So it can be quite a challenge. Yes, it is. It is. It's a good challenge. It's a good one. And then you also have a voting section on the website where you vote for new games. I see that you have something with cards coming out and also Monopoly. Yeah, Monopoly is coming out too. And Satoshi's Quest. I'm not sure. It's just Quest. like an RPG. Yeah, it's an RPG. It's a, it's a MMO RPG. An MMO? Massive. Yeah, yeah, it's an MMO. Wow. So you, you will connect players from all around the world. On from all around the world in a massive scale. I hope your servers can handle it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope so that too. That's why it's still in voting, it's still in, the, in, in development. But yeah. This looks very promising. 
And unlike a lot of Lightning applications or labs, you have a nice interface, you have a whole ecosystem of applications that you provide, and it's not overly simplistic. I can think of other Lightning applications like LNSMS, which helps you send mm -hmm. text messages, which is excellent. It works very well, but it's so basic. And also YALS, which is like a micro-blogging platform where you post your article and then you can get paid if somebody reads it. But that's also very basic. No, it's, it's basic, but, but the, that, that basicness sometimes makes it attractive as we, can, as we have seen it is at Atosis Place. Your stuff is much more like Newgrounds or Miniclip or other websites which have a collection of video games. Mm -hmm. I, I guess you have requests from other developers who want to add their games to your platform? Yeah, that's, that's right. And these that you have have all been developed by you? The, what, what do you say specifically? The games or the, or the lightning? What do you mean? The games that you have right now on Satoshi's games, are they yeah. all by you? Well, sorry. Um, yeah, um, all of the games have been forked from open source repositories. Then the architecture of the games have been completely redesigned to make it attractive for Lightning because in some cases it wasn't an easy approach. For example, the Super Mario is forked from an open source repository but it came like it came out without dining and it came out with lives it came out with a disc, with a different with a different type of of game mechanics so i have to understand the code i have to redesign all of the mechanics to to make it that when you, you only start with one life or you can buy additional lives but, uh, you can buy a multiplier and all of those things all of those things you can do it through through lightning payments and it doesn't make you the full credit of developing the entire game, uh, but, but you are adapting the game to the Lightning version of the game. So if you go to, for example, to the, if you go, let me go, you're in the, in the website, right? It's Satoshi's game. So if you access Satoshi's.games and you go up in the, in the, in the right, in the, and you click on credits on the info tab, so you click in, you click in the, into the question mark, you see that there is a credits part. And into that credit part, there is all of the information related to all of the credits that we grant to all of the games that we forked. And we mentioned the game, we mentioned the author of the game, and we mentioned the, the open source repository. Right. Another question that just came to my mind is, did you redesign the character which replaces Mario, or was that part of the public reports? No, 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 no. I, I redesigned it all. So who was the model on which you based that character? It wasn't actually a predefined model. I found game assets to make it attractive, and I, did, I, I went for, for a normal, normal one. I didn't... I didn't have a designing process and I didn't target that model for uh, any purpose. I did someone that basically used to not confront uh, Nintendo interests or conflicts, even though this is still very Nintendo oriented. That's, for example, one of the things that in the next release is completely changed. So it's still Super Mario, but with not, now you cannot have 
that clear or that very much clear as, as, as now because all of the sprites have been completely changed and, and the old sprites are disappeared. Okay. But the character looks a lot like Jeremy Welch of Casa. Which one? There, like the Mario replacement, the sprite. The Mario looks from Casa, no? He looks like the CEO of Casa. The CEO? Yeah. Jeremy Welch. Jeremy? What? Welch. W-E-L-C-H. You can look him up on Twitter. Uh, which one? The, the, the small one? Which character do you mean? The one which eats the mushroom and then gets the flower and has red hair. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I never thought about that. I mean, I, 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 I didn't know it was him, the, the CEO either, but, but it's interesting. Uh, we should ping him on Twitter and, and, and send him a tweet saying that what is he doing in, his, in the Super Bowl? Yeah, you should. You should also <laughs> meet him at the Lightning Conference, I guess. Yes, absolutely. Show him the game and say, you know, I designed this thinking about you, even though that's a lie. I guess. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a good marketing approach. Yeah. Maybe he will invest <laughs> in Satoshi's games or maybe make it a default when you purchase a Casa Node. You or integrate it into SatsApp. Yeah, sure. That will that will be very nice. And something which I appreciate in Satoshi's games is that you integrate Jewel, which is the browser extension. You also yeah. have Blockstack, and I'm not sure if you have anything else, but basically you are taking other applications that are using Lightning and you are using them to facilitate entry to the platform, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I, I, I agree, I agree, because by doing so, we are not only contributing to the support and the development of, of YOL, is that we also have so many benefits of using Joel, but so many, as well as using Lightning. Right. Okay, Carlos, so this was a very nice interview. I will probably post it later today or tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And also part of the policy of the show is that if we get any donations in Bitcoin, then you're going to get half of it because your time is valuable and you can use that those Satoshis as a way to either finance your own projects or you can donate it to a charity of your choice. But half of my part is going to get donated to the free Ross campaign. So Ross Ulbricht might get another hearing from another judge possibly. As the idea is not that he was not guilty for Silk Road, but that his punishment is exaggerated and maybe that he deserves something better. And also I'm working on a Bitcoin takeover book, which basically is a collection of Bitcoiners stories and how they first got into Bitcoin and what they find so fascinating, what keeps them working every day. So if you're interested in writing a two page chapter in that book, you're my guest, you're invited to do so. Thank you. Uh, of course, count on me. I'd like that. I'll send you more details on Twitter. 
Great, great, perfect. Thank you very much for your time and uh, for this invite to participate in your podcast. It's been an honor. Talk to you later, Carlos. Thank you. Talk to you later. <laughs> Adios.